Hello, and welcome to Banking Transform. I'm your host, Jim Roos, owner and CEO of the Digital Bank Report and co-publisher of the financial brand. Dubai headquartered Emirates NBD has the distinction of being a legacy bank fully committed to innovation, digital transformation, and customer centricity. Rather than moving in baby steps, Emirates has made major efforts to build unique digital platforms for select segments. In 2017, Emirates NBD introduced Live, a digital lifestyle platform geared to the needs of millennials and Gen Z customers. The most recent iteration of the digital app was introduced this summer, integrating several third-party platforms allowing customers to book tables or flights, play games or get concert tickets, and receive discounts on food and retail. The app also provides a host of financial tools to better manage money. We are joined today by Jayesh Patel, the head of Live, the first digital-only lifestyle bank, which is part of Emirates NBD. With more than 300,000 users, Live has leveraged an open API platform to help boost Emirates NBD's profits. On today's episode, JS discusses digital transformation at Emirates NBD, the importance of innovation culture, and the development of a challenger bank within a legacy banking organization. So welcome to the show, Jayesh. You know, it's been a while since we met in person, but uh, it is without saying that Emirates is no stranger to the innovation award circuit. In fact, Emirates NBD uh, Live was recently named the best digital bank as part of the 2020 Sealant Model Bank Awards. Uh, can you tell our audience a bit about the Live platform and what makes your app so special? Thanks a lot, Jim. Uh, it's a pleasure being here. Good talking to you again. We've had an interesting journey over the past few years. Like you mentioned, Emirates NBD, the parent bank, which is the largest retail bank in the UAE, they've got a long track record of innovation. And I think Live is just one more of the many things they've done. To give a general context about Live, we started about four years ago. And the idea was that banking is changing. Yeah, there's no doubt about it. And we wanted to look at the next generation of customers. This was millennials and uh, folks after millennials. When we started looking at them and their behavior, I, I mean, these are folks who are born with getting stuff done by clicking a button. Yeah? Jim, unlike you and me, who've gone through some paper processes, this guy's one thing's done instantly. So we started looking at their needs and the objective wasn't just, hey, how can we improve banking? Because we just didn't want to open a better banking proposition. We went through the entire needs study and we realized banking is one of the many things they do. And so we came up with this idea that, look, we don't want to be a bank. We want to be more of a super app. Yeah, uh, We used to call it an ecosystem play. And then now that the word super app has been coined. We want to be your buddy when it comes to money. Yeah? We want to be your buddy when it comes to lifestyle. We want to help you achieve more of your goals. We want you to do more of the things you want. Our objective is to help customers achieve more of what they want. And that includes money sometimes. And that's where the banking aspect comes up. So we built this millennial digital platform. Then it's got essentially two parts to it. One is what we call the today page, which is all the lifestyle content related to you. So we've got deals and offers based on what you like. Uh, we've got events going on based on what you like. We've got travel features like Skyscanner integrated in the app. 
We've got movies in there. We're bringing in video and music. Yeah, We have a media hub which brings this content. We've got news in there. So we customize all this content based on your preference, just like social media platforms do. The second part is banking. And on the banking side, we've created simpler banking. We speak to you in the same language your friends speak to you, yeah, so you understand it. Our features are simpler. We have features that work with your lifestyle incorporated in that. For example, splitting the bill with friends, yeah, you can do it automatically and split the bill. Sending money to each other using your mobile number. So we've tried to go beyond banking and try to understand what's the lifestyle of our customers and give them those features. I think the last one element is we want to empower our customers. If you want to make any changes, whether to your profile or your preferences or security settings, you just go into the app and you do it by yourself. You want to change your email address or mobile number, you can do it yourself. We want to bring this ability of customers being able to serve themselves well, uh, without necessarily having to wait to speak to an agent. So I think those are the big things we've done to try to build this millennial platform. Branches are not part of the live strategy. Did that ever meet with any resistance from your target market? What if a consumer needs to solve a problem and there's an Emirates branch right down the street? It's a great question. Uh, we all revert to things we are comfortable with. So we do have customers who still would like to walk into an Emirates NBD branch to be served. We heavily discourage it because all your services are available on your app. In fact, many of the services where you need help, the Emirates NBD branch will not be able to help you. Because as you can imagine, there's almost like a Chinese wall between live and the traditional Emirates NBD services. Yeah, So that we make sure customers are served with the right model that is intended for them. What role overall has APIs and open banking had in helping Emirates solve for being more than just a bank to being an integral part of the millennials and Gen Z's digital life? Open banking is interesting. We still don't have open banking as such in the region, but what we have done is built up very strong API capabilities. So Emirates NBD went through a digital transformation and where we've upgraded our technology platforms. I think this has been a huge accelerator for us because again, like I mentioned, there's two elements to our bank. One is the lifestyle. Uh, the second is the banking. If we look at banking, because we have this API gateways ready to consume APIs, we are able to integrate with fintechs faster yeah, and more fintechs. Yes? And this works both for us and the fintechs because they don't want to wait a year to integrate with a banking partner. And we want to integrate with partners if the relationship is positive, customers adopt the service, great, we continue with it. If it's not, then it's a short investment time and we can all move on. Yeah. So from the banking part, that helps a lot. I think where it really shows its true capabilities was on the lifestyle. We've got tons of different lifestyle APIs that connect to us on a platform, yeah? whether it's your travel app or dining or reserving a restaurant. Yeah? And I think this openness from an API perspective has helped us integrate with this firms a lot faster, to be honest, and at a much lower cost while keeping security standards high. As you're building this open API platform and you're building third-party partnerships, both for the 
financial and the non-financial aspect. Has this changed the revenue model for Live? I, I know that when we had an interview with Keisha Bank about their Imagine platform, they're actually getting quite a bit of the revenue, but quite a bit of the ROI for the overall platform is built through the third-party partnerships. Is this true with Live as well? Absolutely. So I'll tell you, it's it's our target objective. We do get revenues from third parties and it's growing rapidly. I think one of the things I'll say is, look, it's not easy to do. You need to get the tech right and you need to get the engagement platform or the interaction mechanism right. We build our version one. We learned a lot from it. We had integrated public APIs, which had information which later got reduced. So we had a lot of lessons learned from our first experience. We just relaunched earlier this year a second version of this application. And now we have partners who pay us to advertise, who provide our customers with discounted offers because they want to access goods, who provide us with some sort of incentive every time a customer clicks on their content. yeah. So this is a growing revenue stream. As we increase the number of players, we expect this to grow significantly. You also on the platform have a chatbot, Olivia, I think it is, correct? Yes, we do. How does that play into the overall, not only the technology for serving a customer, but is there any way to have that chatbot solution actually learn about the customer in the process? We were one of the first banks that decided to go with the chatbot, at least in the region. Yeah, uh, We've been working with Casisto on their Kai platform. Uh, it's been great for us. Uh, when we looked at the servicing bot, we, we looked at it from two angles. Yeah, One is what can provide customers the information they want very quickly that our service agents could provide. But two more importantly was what is the information that this mechanism can provide the customers that our service agents might not be able to provide. So in the first part, it's very simple. What's my balance? How many transactions did I do today? Uh, Has my inward transfer come in? My card got locked. How do I unlock it? Those are the basic questions Olivia will answer. Talking about the second part, I, I think is where we start really adding value to our customers. We know our customers travel around the world frequently. Unfortunately, not this year, but uh, usually it's the case. They can type into Olivia and say, hey, how much did I spend on my last trip to New York? And it'll bring up the last trip to New York, bring out the transaction details. So it's be, it's able to give you a lot more richer information. How much money have I spent on Costa Coffee in the past six months? And Olivia can aggregate all this and show this to you. So I think there's a lot of value in developing this technology. Some of it we are experimenting. Some we are learning works very well. Some doesn't work very well. But we continue to build this platform because we believe it gives customers insights. And I think our customers want insights, maybe not as much information, you know? And I think Olivia really helps on that. So speaking of insight, and it gets me to an area that uh, is interesting because now we have more time in a way, but in another way, we're consuming a lot more. How are you using content overall? You mentioned it about giving information and ideas and solutions. How do you use content within the Live app? So we have two pieces of content. Again, one is non-financial and second is financial. On the non-financial content, uh, when you join Live, we don't ask you how much money you have and all the fun stuff that traditional banks ask you. We ask you what you like. 
uh, do you like Chinese food? Do you have kids? Yeah. Uh, do you like to travel? Yeah. We try to get to understand you from the start. And then now as our platform has matured, as you go through the content on our today page, which is your lifestyle content, this data point start building a profile for you. So we know what sort of content you like and you react on, and we push more of this content to you. So that's on the lifestyle side, and we are working on this, becoming a lot more like the social media platforms that present localized content that is of interest to you. The second part is on your financial data. So like many banks, we have a simple PFM, which provides you insights. You can see how much your trends on where you spend money. We are actually working on a new insight platform, which now will be able to take advantage of the rich data you have and proactively help you manage some of the things. For example, your bill's coming up. Hey, your telco bill is up for this month. You can press OK and renew. Or you can create budgeting tools. Yeah? Say you said you'd spent 5,000 dirhams on food this month. You're about to go over. The insight platform will give you that. So we are working on providing some of this insights through this new platform that we have. We're also using models to predict what you would like based on your behavior and behavior of people like you with behaviors like you and surfacing some of this content, whether it's a product, whether it's saving for a goal. We present this through this analytics model. So that analytics model, your desire is to proactively guide your live customer to what they should do next, both from a non-financial and well as a financial basis then? Yeah, absolutely. That's our objective. I think we have some way to go. We're learning quickly. We don't want you to miss out on anything that's interesting to you. We want to make sure we surface, whether it's financial or non-financial, surface it. It's totally up to you what action you take after that. And therefore, we need this predictive algorithm that are going to show you the stuff. Yeah. So if you're going to run out of money at the end of the month based on how you're spending, we want to surface that to you. If your utility bills are going higher every month, yeah, we want to surface that to you. If there's a concert playing in town, whatever that is next, that we think you're going to be interested in. We want to surface it to you. And we have different mechanisms. We have cards in the app that uh, push out this content. We might think it's a notification is more appropriate for this. We might push you a notification or you might see it on our social channel. Obviously, we're in a, a period of COVID and it has impacted all areas of digital making. I know that the items I've read in researching for this interview, it talked about the fact that you uh, have 300,000 live customers. But what impact has COVID had on the expansion of the Live platform and the consumer behavior? Has it changed maybe directions you went with regard to product and innovation? Or has it really changed the uptake of the Live platform? Has the growth of the platform grown as a result of people having less ability to do a traditional banking account? I think COVID has been an interesting time for us. Uh, acquisition rates have been very similar as they were before. I think they're marginally down, but not as much as we expected. I think that's one of the things. So we continue to acquire customers faster than I think every other bank in the country. So I think that trend continues well. Another trend we've started seeing is uh, because some customers don't consider us yet as a primary bank. We've started seeing more new customers come in and start using us as a budgeting tool. 
So they will put X thousand in the account and they'll use this and use us as a budgeting tool, which is great for us. We want to become their transactional platform and eventually we'll cross sell other products to them. I think the third biggest shift we've seen, which, which is global, as such is the categories of spend here. Yeah? We've seen e-commerce just totally blow up. We've seen uh, grocery shoot up a lot. And we've seen travel and other spend related to that go down. Yeah? But since we were one of the few digital propositions, we've always engaged very well with other digital propositions. And I, I think that has been an advantage for us because our partners who we work with in the ecosystem are digital in nature, and they've seen huge upticks over the past six months due to COVID. So I, I think it's helped us maybe more so relative to traditional banks. Well, it's interesting. You know, the Live platform is a platform that was built within a legacy bank, albeit a, a very progressive and innovative bank with Emirates MBD. But you've been with Emirates MBD for a number of years, heading up retail banking innovation prior to heading up the Live team. What do you believe is the key component for being able to create a strong digital transformation strategy within a legacy banking organization? Because a lot of organizations, it has not been an easy process. We talk about it a lot, but you're actually building actually more than one platform within a legacy bank. What, what's the key component for being able to do this? My view, 60% is the board and the executive team. If you look at the Emirates NBD executive team, they've been huge sponsors of this and proponents of this. You know, When we launched Live, nobody else was venturing into digital banking in a significant way in the region. They looked at fintechs, they looked at the team, they gave us the flexibility to design a proposition that was significantly further away from banking than most neobank propositions are, to get a team of people, many of whom who are not bankers, together and build a totally new way of engaging our customers. I think the executive team are probably the biggest driver of this. Yeah? They gave us the freedom on KPIs where they believed initially were not so important, revenue being one. Their focus was customer engagement and how to get customers to love your brand, basically. And I think that has been the key because they have not only allowed us, but they've inspired many of the people in the team to do more. And I, I know a few organizations that have tried it and unfortunately haven't seen as much success. I think if you do it as a tick box that we need a digital proposition, you're likely going to fail. When we did it, we didn't come out and say we want a digital bank. We went out and said, look, our customers are changing. What is it they want? And maybe the answer wasn't a digital bank. Yeah? Uh, but in our case, we believe it was. So I think the management team are the drivers. Yeah, They help you get through compliance. They help you get through risk. They make sure you get the technology budget you need. Yeah? I think they've been our biggest sponsors and probably our biggest driver of success. You know, that's interesting. You talk about checkboxes because I wrote earlier this week the fact that just saying you have a digital account opening capability as a checkbox does not make you a digital bank. If it takes five to 10 minutes, as opposed to just going paperless, it's not really digital transformation. It's providing a digital opportunity or a, a platform, but it, it's not digital. How did Emirates begin their digital transformation efforts? And how do you balance the needs between efficiency and the needs of the consumer 
when you're looking at that. Is that also cultural? Because obviously what you just mentioned was that at the forefront of everything that's gone on, it's been a culture and leadership issue as we've seen it every good, well-done digital transformation effort. It, it begins with culture. But when you're looking at the balancing of efficiency and customer experience, there can sometimes be a, a pull. How do you deal with that? It's a tough balance. I think at the end of the day, very honestly, it is about the culture of the organization. And if you look at our digital transformation, we have a massive digital transformation project that has been underway and that is making great progress, giving us capabilities we would never have had. But then we also had this experiment called Live. This was literally like a fintech that is incubated by the bank. And the fintech is allowed to go out and use whatever resources of the bank they want, whatever expertise. But whenever they don't agree with the current ways of doing stuff, they can come up with better ways. And within an acceptable risk tolerance, go ahead and try it out. We've done a lot of things that haven't worked well. But I think the parent organization realizing that, look, this is a great incubator for us to learn how banking evolves has been our biggest success because from what we've done, we were the first fully digital account opening platform in uh, the UAE, I, I think in the region, if I'm not wrong. And now many of the banks have replicated. Emirates NBD, the parent bank has taken what we've done looked at all the challenges we've had, improved that, and has launched it to their customer base. So we are the team that go out, build the stuff, try the new stuff, learn whether consumers want this or not, and if they want it, in what shape it has to be. Yeah? And then the parent bank can adopt this and monetize it. Because remember, they have the largest, biggest, profitable base. Yeah? I, I think this has to work well. There's a healthy level of competition between it, but there is also the learning Go out, learn, uh, bring it in, and then we'll, uh, if it makes sense. Now, there's also vice versa. The, the parent bank's always innovating. They do some interesting stuff. We learn from it, and we push it onto our app. But I think at the end of the day, it's all about culture. The openness to try new stuff and learn from each other. I think that's what fundamentally drives it. So our research for the Digital Bank Report found that a key component of the digital transformation journey as you mentioned, is the position of innovation is a key function within your organization. As I mentioned, Emirates has been recognized as a global leader in innovation for years. How does Emirates support ongoing innovation within the company? I think it's a great question. You, you know, if, if I had one answer for that, I'll, I'll go to a more generic answer. I think it's a culture thing. You know? I'll give you an example of Live. I used to head up retail banking strategy, and we were looking at digital banks and the emergence of it. And we went out and we studied what we thought was the trend. And we went and pitched it. And the executive team said, okay, go and vet it further, see if this is there. And we vetted it further. And then they said, fine, this seems like an interesting trend, something we should pursue. We'll invest in it. Here's money. Here's a team. Go and build what you want. And this happens across the board, whether it's analytics or customer experience, process improvement and robotics. I think it's in the culture to improve and try new things. I think there's more acceptance of that. It's governed very well. I think it's a very cultural thing. So people are comfortable trying new stuff. And that's why we've got Live, we've got E20 that's coming out, which is an SME platform. And we've made quite a few different innovations, everything from QR codes on a checkbook to other backend innovations that many other banks have adopted. 
you mentioned that you're in the midst of a major process. If I'm not mistaken, it's a $1 billion legacy systems conversion. Well, it's a billion dirham, so about $350 million. It, it's still a lot of money. Still a lot of money. It's still, <laughs> it, it's, it's still real dollars. What's the bank learned from such a large undertaking? Uh, look, I think the premise initially was that the tech we have does not scale, doesn't make us nimble. And very honestly, in some cases, was just not cost effective. I, I, I think the entire digital environment is changing. Digital capabilities need to grow. So we needed to rethink how we organize and what sort of systems we use so that we can scale a lot faster. Liver is a great example. We grew from, uh, I think, 100 customers in the first month to almost 400,000 customers now in four years, yeah, which is unprecedented for a bank in this region. So we needed platforms and tech that could scale. The second big thing was you can no longer go at it alone. In the new digital way of working, you will need partners and you will need efficient, secure ways to integrate with them. And there's going to be a lot more of them. So we needed platforms that could do this. We need better data. So how do we organize our data so that it's more structured and we can do some of the value-added stuff we want to do? So we have a whole data strategy around it. I, I think digital capabilities, UI, UX, we have a chief digital officer and his uh, digital office, which helps us with a lot of this stuff. So I think the transformation is not just a technology transformation, but also an operating model transformation to some extent. The results so far, we are able to scale better. Every time you have a service, the first person might pay for it, but 10 other uh, whatever's can use it for absolutely free and not having to spend any time developing it. Yeah? So I think the tech is becoming a lot more reusable. I think we are able to do more. Yeah, we're able to do more. One of the reasons why we were able to launch a revamped lifestyle platform was because we have better tech now. It does take time. I think lessons learned, it does take time. It takes patience, but you can do more. Yeah, you can serve your customers much better. One key component of digital transformation is the ability to use data and advanced analytics to deliver a better personalized solution in real time. How does Emirates use data analytics for that better digital solution? It's a journey. Yeah, that's what I'll say. It's a journey. The, the first part of it is, look, I, I think many banks would agree if they look at their data, they've got tons of it. Is it clean, organized and consistent uh, in one place? Probably not. Well, the first part of our journey was this. And I, I think this started early on for us about six years ago, where we started cleaning up and organizing our data. Yep. To some extent, there was still some functional silos of it. And now we have a central data lake, which all the data goes into. So we've built that. Now we are testing with different analytic tools. Yeah? You could develop analytics for risk. You can develop analytics for compliance. You can develop analytics for cross-sell. Yeah? You're going to run short this month. Take an overdraft from us. So we are just beginning to experiment with this analytics. Some places we've moved a lot further. So for example, when it comes to deals, offers, and lifestyle content, we've got quite a few models that run on this. I think compliance, we've done a lot of work on 
these models. So it's not just consumer-facing value-add that this uh, data and organization of this data helps. I think it helps a lot on the back end also, creating more automation in your systems. I, I think we are still working on it. We've got some time to go on it, but we already seen quite a few benefits of this. You mentioned automation, and as technology continues to evolve, there's obviously an increased need to retrain and retool employees that were part of the legacy organization or to find employees on the marketplace that can do what is needed in the new digital banking environment. How is Emirates using advanced technology to augment humans and how are you preparing teams for what is becoming a, a certainly a new digital future? I think there's no denial that some of the roles we have will no longer be there in the banking industry. And therefore, we need to reskill and retool our teams. Yeah? The good part is there's always more to do. Yeah? It never seems like work goes down, regardless of how much you automate. So we, we have a great learning and development team that has quite a few structured programs, whether it's a career path program, where they open you up to different opportunities of rotation, whether it's e-learning. Yeah? So uh, Many of our employees have access to Udemy. Yeah? They can go and take courses. There's training sessions, whether it's on UI, UX, or, or technology. Yeah? Uh, there are people who can take up new roles, like product owners. We didn't have any. People can go in, go through the training, become product owners, become BAs. Yeah? So I, I think as the organization shifts and retools, I think the bank's investing a lot in reskilling their people, providing the knowledge and the content. The second thing is there's new areas of work. For example, in live, lifestyle demands a lot of uh, time. Yeah? So we've taken some people who are doing traditional work in banking, which has been automated, to help us on that piece. So I, I think there's always new areas uh, to work in. As long as you've got the training support and the opportunity to expand into that area. That's interesting because you, you look at the new opportunities can be more exciting what they were doing in the past. You also are taking in third parties that are doing some things that you may have done in the past. When you look at fintech firms and third parties, do you look at fintech firms from the standpoint of being a competitive threat or as a collaboration partner or a little bit of both? I used to work for fintechs before fintech was a word, yeah, uh, during the last financial crisis, yeah. If you look at fintechs, they started, oh, they're the, scary, they're, they're the big scary things that are going to take the lunch off the banks, yeah. The reality is that has not been the case. In fact, I, I think they've been great partners for the bank. There are things that companies or fintechs do extremely well. While we do banking well, this might be small, specific things they do very well, and a partnerships makes a lot more sense because they, it's their core. They will focus on it and they'll innovate. Yeah? We can also reduce the time to market for our customers by partnering with them. So, so I, I see them as a great partner to our business. However, I think the one thing we need to be cautious of is whatever revenue stream you have, if you distribute it all amongst the fintechs, then you don't have too much left for yourself. So I, I think you need to segregate what's your core activity that you are going to do and you're going to offer. And where is it do you partner with a fintech? Uh, yeah. So for example, lending to customers who traditionally are not able to get credit. That's a great place to go to. Whatever helps you expand the pie is a great place or wherever you've struggled to do well, I think is a great place to look for a fintech. However, you need to be very clear what's your core revenue stream and what's the revenue stream that 
it's really not yours because you're losing it anyways or you never captured it. And the fintechs can help you get a share of it. You know, it's interesting. My, my wife was in retail for a number of years and she went from store-based retail to being digital retail, the same company. And one of the challenges she had was as the digital aspect of the retail organization was getting bigger, the store-based people started to be threatened. How do you deal internally with your digital platforms and the competitiveness or, or lack of competitiveness between the legacy part of Emirates and these digital platforms as far as how do you deal with the fact that you may be taking business away from what may be their product lines? It's a good question. So I, I, I can't comment much on the branches themselves. But I'll tell you this, 90% of our customers are non-Emirates MBD customers. So we are actually not taking too many customers away from them. We're bringing in a lot of new customers who in turn actually end up using traditional banking products yeah, that we might not offer still. yeah. So for us, I, I, I think it's been opposite where we're bringing in a lot of new customers into the bank. Yeah? Now, remember at the same time as Live is innovating, so is the parent bank. Yeah, they also have digital account opening. They also allow products to be purchased online. Yeah, so I think the shift in the branches is already happening. Uh, I think look, it's well documented. Branches are going from transactional to advisory, and I think that's where I think we see branches in the region going to. Also, I don't think there's the massive apprehension of moving away customers from branches to digital, because to be very honest, the pie is increasing. The pie is growing. The number of customers coming in is growing. So uh, I, I think because of the growth story, uh, it's a positive thing. So last two questions. How do you see the Live app evolving going forward in the near future? I think one of the key things is getting multi-product capabilities. We started with a checking account and goals savings. We've launched credit cards. Recently, we just launched personal loans. So we want to become a full suite of offerings on the banking side. I think it's important. If you want to be primary bank, you want to continue with strong revenue growth, you need to look at some of the products beyond current accounts. Yeah. So, so that's something we are working on. We've launched and we'll continue to improve. We've got some very interesting products coming for new segments that Traditionally, we didn't go after. Uh, unfortunately, I can't say much, but very interesting product coming. Then the next big thing is look scale geographies. We've launched in Saudi Arabia uh, as a pilot with the regulator there in the sandbox they have. We're learning great things and seeing positive uptake of the customers. The idea would be to take this uh, to other new markets here, yeah? uh, whether in the region or beyond. So finally, what advice would you provide other organizations that are hesitating to embark on reinventing their legacy organization? So I'll tell you what I've learned or what I've seen. Yeah, One is please don't do it because you want to do it as a tech mark. Yeah? You really have to believe because it's not easy. Yeah? It is a really difficult task and it's a multi-year task, number one. Number two, I think get good advisors who can help you uh, with the pitfalls. Number three, get a good team in place, not just on your tech side. Yeah, I, I think we've got some phenomenal people who've joined us over the past three years in our technology team who brought a lot of knowledge from non-banking industries also. But also on your proposition side, 80% of my team is non-bankers. They've come in and they've built something that they want. Yeah? Last experiment, but be frugal. Expensive experiments are painful. 
fintechs do it with less money. I'm sure a small startup in a bank can do the same. That's what we used, and uh, I think it turned out okay for us. But experiment cheaply, yeah. Uh, and lastly, partner. Yeah, uh, the the notion that banks. We don't want to partner security and all this. Have better security people who understand why it's necessary to digitally connect with other platforms. Yeah, I think if you do those things, then you have a high chance of improving whatever you're serving your customers with. Boy, I'll tell you what, great advice, and and I I love your continual reference to the fact that don't do it just to have a check mark because I I think the commitment overall is so important as you look at any kind of digital transformation effort or the building of a new product that you really have to be committed from the top down to to get it done right and to do what's necessary to do it rather than just saying okay we got that done let's move on js thank you so much for being on the show today i really appreciate your time your answers were tremendous and looking forward to talking to you again soon thanks a lot jim it's a pleasure being here Boy, what a great interview with Jayesh Patel from Emirates MBD. You know, it's interesting. One of his key elements, and I, I kept on referring to it, was not to make digital transformation or the building of a new digital platform just a check mark. Secondly, it's all about culture. And thirdly, the process is really never done. If you look at the Live platform and the ability to get third parties to contribute and to be actually the revenue foundation for the entire platform, everything around that says, this is banking in the new world. This is embedded banking, this is lifestyle banking, and it's a good revenue play. Thanks for listening to Banking Transformed, rated as a top five banking podcast. I genuinely appreciate the support you've provided since we started this endeavor over a year ago. If you enjoy what we're doing, please be sure to subscribe to Banking Transformed on your favorite podcast app. In addition, please take 30 to 45 seconds to show some love and support of a review. It means the world to me. Finally, be sure to catch my recent articles on the financial brand and check out the research we're doing on digital transformation, the future of work in banking, retail banking innovation, and the changing dynamics of financial marketing for the Digital Banking Report. This has been a production of Evergreen Podcast. A special thank you to our producer, Leah Longbreak, and audio engineer, Sean Rule Hoffman. I'm your host, Jim Maroos. Until next time, stay safe and stay healthy. You've got questions, we've got answers. Business leadership, ownership, and sales can be challenging. Tune into the Accelerate Your Business Growth podcast to learn from the world's experts. Join me, your host, Diane Helbig, as I chat with people who have expertise in various areas of business. You'll enjoy the lively conversations that are focused on providing you with the ideas, tips, and suggestions you need to realize greater success. Get what you need for your business when you need it from the people who have the answers. Accelerate Your Business Growth is part of the Evergreen Podcast Network and is available on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you listen to your favorite podcast.